Get some of this. It's Boxeo time as In This Corner with Brian Campbell returns to reach deep into your cochlea and provide that combat fix with an uncut kilo of performance-enhancing audio. Yeah, you heard that right. Your black market fix is back again, so check it, wreck it, let's begin. But before we do, and before we reunite the tag team once more, let me remind you of this podcast motto. If you see something you'd like, if you hear hear something well it's time to do something about it and say something head over to apple Podcasts and subscribe rate review the podcast be sure to check out our in this corner wwe edition later this week which will include a bonus pod that you won't want to miss but without further ado it's time to talk boxing and most importantly set the stage for Saturday's light heavyweight rematch from Las Vegas as Andre Ward and Sergey Kovalev do battle for a second time in what might be the best fight of the year on paper. We can debate that, but the man to debate that with is here. He'll stir things up with me. He's no stranger to the power and the money, the money and the power. Yes, minute after minute, Rafe. Come on, hour after hour, hour, after hour. from the gangster's paradise that is his hometown of Lower Manhattan. It's Rafe Bartholomew, Big Red. How is it, my man? Oh, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to keep it real. Stay gully out here in Manhattan. It's tough sometimes, but you know, bring a little of that old New York flavor and and that performance enhancing audio. I just want to be the Victor Conte to your Memo Heredia. You know, I yeah. mean, that's what we're here to do the Balco thing for the for the podcast world. You always gave me more of an Alex Ariza vibe. I could picture you eventually graduating to the Nectat level. That's just a personal take on my end. <laughs> Ray, I, I, you know, Brian, I, I kind of I've always wanted a Nectat. Um, it, it says something. Don't think I can pull it off i can't pull it off it's just not you know i i know my limitations you know i play your position is an important thing in this world and uh i try and do my best pyp that's what floyd, floyd mayweather has taught us anything in this life rafe it's that the weed on tw- on, sh- on all axes at that time was fake number one <laughs> and number two pyp play your position rafe your position today was in nyc Let's plug your book one more time. Two and two, McSorley's My Father and Me, representing New York. You can purchase this book. It's a father-son journey, if you will. Where can you purchase this book, Rafe? Tell the people. I mean, it's any major bookstore, any indie bookstore, Amazon.com, anywhere you normally find books, it will be on sale there. And it's a good time to buy it. It is really a strong father-son narrative about uh, my dad's career at McSorley's Old Ale House, one of the oldest bars in New York City, what it was like for me to grow up there and then eventually work there alongside him. And uh, it's... Yeah, it's it's Father's Day is coming up. So if you need a gift, um, you know, I, I salute you if you end up buying that one. I think boxing fans will relate to it because we love the inside culture of boxing, which produces these characters, these boo boy Fernandez's, these one of a kind men. And I think, you know, this book, which I've sampled, it's got a lot of those guys that are missing body parts, missing large parts of their character. But they add a lot of juice to this book. And speaking of juice, Rafe, it's time to bring it's time to bring that audio juice to the people before we get into this fight couple bits of house cleaning in the news section we got one big one it's that Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor appears to be real Rafe I've been trying my best to sort of share my opinion which was true that I didn't believe it was going to come off I didn't believe it was going to come off so soon for reasons that involve more of Dana White and the UFC but the news is changing the latest per an ESPN source is that August 26th is the date they were looking at Rafe now that's still Up for debate, if you go on the Nevada State Boxing Athletic Commission website, you'll see that there's a lock on that night. Mayweather Promotions has has a card scheduled. 
The inside sources say that's what Floyd wants. Can this fight be turned around that quickly, Rafe? I mean, everything we know about uh, how this usually goes, the answer is no, right? I mean, that's too soon. I mean, that's. I mean, I, I guess I've I've heard that Floyd it? is in sparring, so maybe he's getting ready. Uh, Connor, I, I haven't heard as much about him working out, but I mean, I'm sure he's in, you know, I mean, he stays in shape, whatever, but, but it's, that is extremely soon. And, and I guess the, the thought there is that maybe they're, they, they like that date as a way to, uh, steal some of the thunder from boxing's biggest event of the year, Canelo Triple G, right? I want to get to that in one second. I'll just jump in between and say, does it feel too soon? Yes. But here's two things. One, Mayweather Pacquiao changed the idea that anything's too soon. Floyd made an incredible amount of last-minute decisions. They didn't build up that fight over six to nine months. It was, I mean, they didn't even release tickets for like, what, two to three weeks before? Number two, the new sort of PBC Al Heyman model is to tell fighters to get ready, have them in the gym, and then announce the fight well after everybody else on the inside knows about it. Broner Garcia, which we talked about last episode, it's going to be, what, July 29th? That was announced June 1st. That's pretty close to the date. So maybe it's a new model. We know when we do first hear that this fight is on, it will be from Floyd. It will probably be on some crappy social media site that won't be around next year. But to your (laughs) point, I think the real— It's going to be at the—what's the his new new entertainment venue called? The women's collection? The collection, collection. yeah, yeah. Finders of women? Whatever. Uh, The key thing I thought that came out of this news on Dan Raphael's report is what you mentioned, the connection to Canelo Triple G, that if it goes off on August 26th, this will be three weeks before. There's potential to steal thunder there, of course. But if you read deeply what multiple sources told ESPN, was that the reason, which we asked last week, the reason Oscar put Canelo Triple G in Las Vegas at T-Mobile instead of elsewhere, Dodger Stadium, Cowboy Stadium, whatever, is that there was language in the contract where MGM Resorts International essentially said, you put this fight September 16th in our building, and we will make sure that Floyd does not come into this building on the same night and attempt, you know, or one of our other properties and attempt to counter-promote you on the same night. That seems to be more of the reason why Oscar went there. That's pretty interesting. That's MGM Resorts trying to, you know, put put the lockdown on the whole business like Al Heyman style, right? That's also interesting because, like, if you're MGM, isn't that a little dangerous to uh, to play hardball with with Floyd? I mean, Floyd, assuming this fight goes off somewhere in Las Vegas, you want that money, whether you're getting it in September, uh, August, October, November, or next year. Uh, and, and it seems like, you know, what's the most likely thing that'll happen? It'll just be at T-Mobile at another day and, and MGM will, will host. But uh, what if what if Floyd, you know, and, 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 and Uncle Al get mad and say, you know what, we're, we're going to go down the street to my man Steve Wynn. No, they won't do that. They, I think I think there's a reason you're, why you're not, you're not popping for this fight at uh, Thomas and Macarena, <laughs> the home of Aram. No, the the house that Aram built. No, the house that Stacey Augman built as well. But I will say this: there's a reason why Floyd has been on an MGM property, right, for like the last 15 fights. Many big financial reasons. We're all waiting for Floyd to do the ultimate heel turn, double double turn, and basically you know counter promote the same night. This would mean he wouldn't. But it's still kind of a heel turn move to say, okay, you want to be in biggest boxing's biggest fight of the year in September. We're going to come out three weeks earlier. Steal your thunder. Steal the money from the people who may have been on the fence to buy one or both of them, right? Big Connor show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. Well, that'll wrap up the news because we don't. This fight's probably going to happen. I might have to eat some crow. A lot more developments probably to come. By the time you listen to this, there's probably more developments. Can but, I let me let me yeah, ask you ahead. one crazy what question about this? And I know if this actually happens, we'll have to talk way more than we ever want to. But out of curiosity, in this moment when it's still kind of a fun lark to go down, 
let's let who who's gonna train Connor? What is it? It's good. Is it gonna be Freddie Roach coming in to steal that bread? Uh, I mean, you know, who what who or is it gonna be who can turn Connor into a master boxer? <laughs> yeah, well, if he can get Algeri to be his nutritionist, there's always a chance that there's some runoff there if he can get out of the cage in time. But actually, he's gonna use his his MMA trainer, which is interesting, and they're gonna bring in striking coaches. Yeah, man, it's a debacle. I want to see a 24/7 where it's like Freddie Roach trying to tame him or Virgil whispering in the ear. I want to see a little bit more crossover there, but it seems like we'll have all summer to break down the uh, the minutiae that is this. Before we get into the fight preview, though, there's a segment I do each week in the WWE show that I'm sure a lot of you love, or maybe you don't. But, hey, that's something don't tell me in the rate and review. Act like you do. It's called sliding in my DMs because guess what, Rafe? DM season is open at B. Campbell CBS. I am a show for the people, by the people. I want to have a voice for the people. Well, you know what happened with that format? Somebody slid my DMs boxing style. It opened up the mind a little bit. Said, hey, why do we not do this on, on this landmark, on this on this body of water right here? Why do we not open it up for people to be swan diving into these DMs? So I I've will got, say. I've got open DMs. So all the, all the female boxing fans out there that want to slide in on me are more than welcome. Oh, wow. Wow. Maybe. Wow. Uh, I didn't expect that coming for you. But slide in at Rafe Book. Slide in at B Campbell CBS. Drop us your questions if we can get some good ones. We'd love to make this a weekly segment. We're going to hit you with one this week. It's from Mitch at Mitch Twits. He wants to know, Rafe, what's where is the next big international boxing hub hub besides the UK surge? He says, top rank in Macau was fun while it lasted. Of course, he says, I'm hoping the UAE funds materialize. I will say, Mitch, I have had a, a rapport with him back and forth on Twitter. He, an American-born man who, like you, Rafe, has done some time in Southeast Asia. He's on a teaching assignment in Burma. I believe he's headed to the, the Middle East for his next one. And you know what he did, what that means all that time in Burma. That's a lot of Sunday mornings being sweaty with the Colonel, with, with, with Colonel Bob Sheridan. I'm sure you've enjoyed a lot of those. Rafe, I want to slide this at you. Where is the next big international boxing hub? Are they going to find the $38 million in the sand in Dubai? I don't know. I mean, that makes some sense because there's so much money in that part of the world, but they haven't they haven't had one event there yet. And really, is there a thirst for the sport uh, outside of maybe the, the you know, the long uh, rumored Amir Khan fight there because it would be, you know, uh, so, you know, Pakistani Muslim fighter uh, in, a, in a Muslim country. Uh, but other than that, I mean, do they want to keep bringing boxing there? I mean, I guess they have big hotels and fancy buildings. It looks a little bit like Vegas. I don't know. I, 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 I guess I would expect Europe. I mean, there's more fighters there. Uh, I mean, you know what? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say this already exists. It is the Sport Palace in Rost something Russia, where my man, uh, my man Dmitry KO'd Olin Wairuju Duradola last week. I mean, that guy, the Russian promoter Rubinsky, the oligarch out there, it throws huge money at fights. He already got Russian boxer number one, Roy Jones Jr., to come out and get flattened by Dennis Lebedev several years ago. I mean, there's money out there. There's fighters out there. And I don't know if it will become a hub, but it's already pretty vibrant. If Povetkin can ever pass a drug test, he'll fight against it. <laughs> Is this the same area that uh, offers all those millions at the WNBA players to come in the offseason and make more than they make their entire WNBA career? 
I mean, you know, it's the same country, broadly um, broadly speaking. I, I do not know who owns the the, uh, the the women's basketball teams in in Russia and is willing to put up the big bucks. But you know, I, I mean, I practiced uh, with the women's basketball team at Northwestern University back in my day. Uh, have a very strong appreciation and respect for the players like Candace Parker, Diana Taurasi, and think that they should be able to go out and make a great living wherever it is. Wow, I didn't see this podcast going there either. Off the rails. Come today. at me, Richard Deitch. I love women's basketball. <laughs> I will say this UAE UAE dream and all this money buried in the sand somewhere reminds me of, let's say, 2002-ish after Roy Jones defeated John Ruiz for that heavyweight belt and you spent six months seeing AP reports that there's $15 million coming out of Nigeria and that Roy Jones will face Lennox Lewis or face Mike Tyson and all this stuff that never happened. It was never going to be there. Thanks for the question, though, Mitch. We'll, we'll hit you back next week. If you got some got some questions, we've got your answers. Slide in our DMs. But, Rafe, without further ado, it's Ward Kovalev two-time. We will set the stage. It's Saturday night, HBO pay-per-view, 9 p.m. Eastern at the Mandalay Bay Events Center in Las Vegas. Rafe, the first we can't go forward without going back and that first fight was last november i'm sure everyone remembers the contentious decision andre ward 114 113 on all three scorecards here's my biggest point of contention with that fight rafe and we're going to break down who we thought won and all that the word robbery how can a close fight in which everyone agrees it was a close fight that was tactically contested as a chess match be a robbery your thoughts it can. It wasn't. It wasn't a robbery. I don't agree with that decision. I thought that Kovalev won that fight. I'm unlike you, uh, but still, it's not a. It, it robbery is for is for a whole different kind of situation. Uh, and Pacquiao you know, Bradley won 2012. That is outside robbery. of Brian Kenny and the, I, the I, I wrote that that was a robbery, so I have to stand by that. And of course, I believe it was. And and you know, we see we see big robberies. I mean, okay, uh, Chavez Whitaker draw. Robbery, robbery, right? Robbery, straight up robbery. Robbery. So, I mean, there are huge, massive scale robberies, but they don't look quite like that. That was a legit close fight. I mean, I thought, I thought that Kovalev, and you know, obviously we'll get into this more. I thought Kovalev did much better work, uh, and that Ward uh, was, you know, the rounds he won, he won basically by spoiling. Uh, but you know what? He 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 controlled the second half of the fight, and it was close. All right. First of all, how dare you? Number two, I was having a little bit fun with robbery or not robbery. One more for you, Brandon Rios, Richard Abril, robbery or not robbery? Oh. Oh, I, I mean, no, that was that probably was a robbery. You um, better believe it was. Rios, Rios really, really stunk up the ring in that in that fight. But man, it's so hard to uh, to, to to get behind Richard Abril <laughs> and, uh, and be like, man, I, I, I'm taking up the cause for this, you know, clinching Cuban master. It's Cuban uh, B. Ah, yes. Cuban B. Yes. Yes. Uh, Rafe. Uh, Here's my big question for you. I'm going to ask you how you scored the fight. You revealed you scored it for Kovalev. I want your score on the first one, and I want your defense for why Kovalev deserved to win that fight. Okay. Uh, I didn't score that fight. I was, li- I was, you know, I was, I was. Let me pull your, your hashtag boxing heads card. I was in, in Lapu-Lapu City, you know, attending basketball games, you know, getting my Colonel Bob on. Uh I did watch the fight, uh, actually not live, but after the you know the night uh, the night after it was on, and um, I just I did not see any way to 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 come out of that feeling like 
Andre Ward won. Now, maybe if I had tried to score it and really forced myself, you know, it could be one of these Bakel Marquez three situations where you have these close rounds where the guy who feels like he deserved to win the fight or did better overall in the fight that may not have the case round by round like that that does happen and that's one of the interesting things about the sport that drives some people crazy i think if we if we you know people who love boxing don't mind it that much um it could be that but to me even that second half of the fight even that second half of the fight brian i wouldn't i don't i wouldn't get i, I just uh, not just round 10 but in general that just didn't feel like a sweep or a 5-1 situation in favor of Andre Ward that felt more like 4-2-3-3 it it felt split to me the 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 stuff Ward was doing didn't didn't feel like it was it was like worthy of points it was like I will hold you with one hand and and do this with uh, I'm sorry I'm, I'm I'm looking at myself on a camera but we're not actually doing oh, it. So, I saw you, you just know, fine don't worry about it I saw holding I and slapping uh inside work that that definitely prevented Kovalev from from you know, doing his best work in the fight, but also I just didn't think it it, it was worthy of 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 rounds. You know, All right, I'm gonna, they, I'm gonna those were not scoring to me. I'm gonna expose two things right now. One, I'm coming at you. Okay, I'm gonna expose. Uh, you still have your hashtag Boxing Heads card, right? You were in the Philippines. We can give you a break. You didn't have a pen and paper handy. For all I know, there is no pen and paper handy in the Philippines. Oh, you rape God! I'm sick of this racism. Celebrating every day, no more. So, so Rafe, here's what I'm trying to say. I think. You may have fallen into the trap of the hashtag casuals who watch a fight. They watch Andre Ward get dropped early and in pain. And then they watch some pretty boring rounds the rest of the way and go, who won that fight? Oh, well, it's, clearly it's Kovalev. He had the biggest impact. He hurt him. He dropped him early. And then those same people, and this wasn't you because you weren't Colonel Blob, hell, were watching, <laughs> were watching Harold Letterman go 160. You know, uh, okay, Jim. 116, 111 for Sergey Kovalev. Jim, I got to tell you something. That's exactly what they're watching, and essentially they're going, okay, he won the fight. But boxing is scored, as you know, on a round-by-round on a 12-round format. The other issue I have with this is that the Max Kellerman, Harold Letterman school, love both guys, but their school of judging comes from who hurt the other guy more. And I don't believe that's how you judge a fight. There's five categories, right? There's five uh, areas of concern, you know, from offense, defense, ring generalship, all that, and how you would judge a round to give you the score for the fight. It's not who hurt the guy more. Because I'm sorry, your fighter may land two big punches, but for the other two minutes and 58 seconds of the round, fighter B might be dancing around him, landing more punches, controlling time, space, distance, all of that. And I think that's what Andre Ward did in the second half of that fight. I had it 114-113, exactly like the three judges. Now that's saying I scored it 7-5, to five essentially, for Ward. And the defense for the Kovalev fans is how do you give Ward seven rounds? I flipped that right back on you. What did Kovalev do in the second half of that fight that that where you would say he deserves to win it? And I know that the the problem people have is, okay, if you're going to score for Ward, then you almost have to give him six straight rounds in the second half. Well, let's go back and watch that second half. Kovalev's a puncher who walks people down with his big jab and sets up the right hand. Ward took away both that big jab and the right hand by crowding him. He wore him down by going to the body. He showed ring generalship by making Kovalev fight at a pace and distance he didn't want to. That's enough to win a boring round in my eyes when the other guy, Kovalev, did nothing. So, Rafe, why are people scoring these rounds in the second half for Kovalev when nothing happened and he wasn't the one setting the tone? 
I think the, the, the simple answer, and I don't think that this is all the way wrong either, uh, is that in those rounds that are close and there's not a lot happening, and maybe, and and I, I don't think it, not even maybe, obviously uh, Andre Ward is pro- going to win the ring generalship in a lot of rounds, even if he loses rounds. I mean, he, that that is, he is uh, that's that, he's a master of that. Um, and but in those rounds, you would see if Kovalev landed enough decent shots all right and now now that is it that obviously that's subjective all boxing judging is subjective uh but say he landed you know like two is probably not enough for me to want to give him a round like you you, your example um but if it's five if it's eight and and they look like cleaner more effective punches than what ward was doing and what and what and what and my interpretation of what was what ward was doing in a round was basically like holding, getting away with whatever the ref would let him get away with, uh, sort of deadening, uh, spo- spoiling, spoiling Kovalev, making ma- making it hard for Kovalev to do what he wants to do. Well, you have to do something. I think you, you, it's not enough just to spoil. I think you have to do something to take that round as well. You need to land the punches that, that, that actually have an impact. Um, and some people think that the body work was enough for that. Uh, to me, uh, in, in all those rounds, I don't think it was. Um, so, and, and in some of those rounds like that, that one, that one fabulous moment, I forget what round it was. That one fabulous moment where, where they start trying to trade the bolo punches and show each other up. And then Ward <laughs> tries another one and, and Kovalev just tags him with the jab. I don't care what happened that round. That's a Kovalev round for me. No, I, I, that's not actually, I, I, I won't, I won't die on that line, but, uh, but, um, in general, it, it just, I didn't feel like Andre Ward was doing enough to actually win those rounds it was not an active enough approach to the fight to me all right um, so and and also this is just a and this is not look i'm not a boxing judge um i guess if i were being paid to take it seriously and really come up with an honest scorecard i would i would tr- approach fights a little bit differently but to me that he he ward clinched excessively i thought and he got and and look you get away with whatever the ref lets you get away with and that's, that's fine that's, that's career sport. right that's but, Klitschko but versus I don't, but, but I'm watching the fight and I'm saying, look, I don't like I don't want to see a guy win that way. All right. So then I, I said this at the time. To me, it's the dirtiest win I've seen, dirtiest legit win since Hatton over Kasizu. Wow. 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 I was gonna say, uh, which I mentioned there, Klitschko Povietkin and, and Klitschko Jennings over the second half of that fight. Yeah, All but the those same weren't even year. that competitive. I mean All right, look, so I scored a one fourteen one thirteen for for Ward and, and admitted that all, a lot of these rounds are close. So obviously I'm not upset with anybody who has Kovalev fourteen thirteen, fifteen twelve, even sixteen eleven, right? I get it. You they're close rounds. I just don't like the robbery. And here's the number two thing, and there's something I like to bring up a lot. There's the battle and there's the war, right? The battle was the fight. Ward won it. You can disagree or agree. That's fine. But there's an overall war to each fight. And I don't see how anybody can say Kovalev won the war in this fight when you consider that he failed to make an adjustment and he had his biggest weapons take away from him, which I mentioned, and it was Ward... Now he's not a beloved guy, and that's another thing we can talk about in a second, but Ward essentially was the bigger story, getting up off the canvas, getting back into the bully's face, making it a fight over the second half. So from what, if I'm going to ask us, what did we learn from the first fight? I think we learned that Ward won the war, and there's significantly more questions that need to be answered from my point of view from Kovalev in the rematch than from Ward. What did you learn from the first fight? Yeah, I think that, uh, and this is sort of getting, you know, immediately a lot of people thought, and I think this is a reasonable outlook, going, leave it, coming out of that first fight, that 
whatever happened in the second half, you know, those, those last final six rounds, which, you know, Ward controlled, either dominated or won the majority of however you want to slice it, um, that it looked like he had figured out how to take away some of what Kovalev does best. Now, was that Kovalev running out of gas? Uh, who knows? I mean, you know, you can we will never know this stuff. Like, you know, did, did, does a fighter run out of gas? Does his opponent take it away from him with body work or by leaning on him or whatever it is? That well, just, you know, just to clarify, he said he ran out of gas from round five because round. he overtrained the last two fights. And I think... It is supported when you watch that Isaac Chalemba fight, which he won by 12-round decision. He didn't look great, right? He said he overtrained no. leading in. But at the same – you know, with all this stuff, it's hard to you, – you can't really – I don't really – you're not even worth getting into guys' excuses unless they are physical, like, you know, broken hand type excuses because there's just no way to know. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he appeared to be fighting pretty hard – uh, back in November, so I, I I don't really you know you just can't look if if he ran out of gas I don't care what the reason is you ran out of gas. Well, let's get into the promotion now that we did the before now we'll do the current. The storylines <laughs> were interesting you know it wasn't a world changing twenty four seven HBO episode by any means. The biggest storyline, of course, is something we touched on in the show, John David Jackson Gate, where both sides essentially say that John David Jackson, the trainer of Kovalev, who we saw, like we mentioned in that preview show, they added a Russian-speaking member of Kovalev's corner. Kovalev wasn't listening, it seemed, to to JDJ over the, the stretch of that first fight in the second half of it. Did Jackson call Ward and offer to switch camps and give away secrets? Or did Ward plant that story that he did? And really, it was Ward's team that reached out to Jackson to try to steal secrets or just get in their head. It may not matter in the end, Rafe, because Kovalev and Jackson seem to be... They say this has made them closer. But who do you actually believe was was the root of this? I have not, you know, really, really, really tried to to get to the... I haven't Sherlocked this out all the way. If, uh, at the top of my head, I would—I mean, the guy I—the the, the camp that is more is is sneakier uh, in fighting style and in in you know promotions or you know like lead, in lead up style is is Ward's camp. You know they, you know, are good at tweaking their opponents, playing the game of both sort of dismissing guys, you know, like doing the sort of imperious you're not even on my level thing. Uh, they 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 they're you know they're they're I mean the same way that Andre Ward is a very, sort of fights in a sort of cerebral style where he un, where he figures out his opponent and and neutralizes them uh you it's easy to sort of think that all right well if that's the kind of that's that's the way they work then maybe this is their this is Ward and and Virgil Hunter trying to sow some seeds of uh of of uh you know, of uh, bad blood in inside Kovalev's corner, which that you know, which wouldn't necessarily be that hard because there were there were real things going on, right? The 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 Russian guy who shows up and and starts talking to to Kovalev throughout the fight. Did he have a black hat? Trainer. He didn't have a black yeah. hat, right? It wasn't <laughs> the man the, of the black hat. Wasn't the guy from Con Peterson? Pill. I mean, you know, it had all. Um, there there are re- and also just you know, you just I mean, if you look back to some of those, you know, Sergey Kovalev uh, has not. You know, I mean, his the, his racist tweet about uh, about uh, um, Adonis Stevenson a few years ago, which John we talked about this. John David Jackson has sort of had you know had to stand up for for Kovalev, which he has done and been sort of done in a very sort of dignified, you know, respectful manner. But at the same time, 
uh, Ward and, and Hunter might be on the other side being like, well, maybe we want to poke at that soft spot a little bit and see how badly uh, this trainer really wants to stand up for this fighter who has done some objectionable things in the past. Uh, so I, if, if, if you make me guess, I'm going to guess that it, it, it was kind of started on the on the Ward side where they, they sensed uh, some weakness or some dissension and, and wanted to sort of just, just stir that pot and see what happened. Very interesting on who I, I, I don't know. Ward's, Ward's reaction was kind of convincing where he was like, why would I call them? What would I have to gain when I have the best trainer in the world and Virgil Hunter, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, Ward is sneaky and calculated. He realizes there was a rift there. He said he had a, a, not a spy in their camp, but he claimed somebody was picking up the phone from their, from the Kovalev camp during the build of the first fight and letting him know the secrets. And in the story I ran on CBS Sports last week from my interview with Ward, and we ran those comments on this podcast last week, it kind of felt like he was teasing that it was John David Jackson who picked up the phone during the first training camp and called him. And he says that uh, further I've read where... Ward's attorney slash manager Josh Dubin does work with John David Jackson, does work with his fighters. So there is, you know, an open communication there. All very interesting. As long as Kovalev and, and, and John David are back together, then it's probably not going to mean anything in the fight. You know, I mean, this is the thing with, with Kovalev. I, I mean, and, and he, he just doesn't have the same kind of close bond with John David Jackson that certainly that, 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 uh, you know, Andre Ward and Virgil Hunter have, or even, you know, any of the other, when you think of the really close, uh, fighter trainer bond, you know, Manny and Freddie Roach or whoever, you know, that, that doesn't exist between them. Kovalev. And this is part of his whole story is almost this totally self-made guy, right? I mean, he was not a, a, a you know, a, a heralded amateur in the Russian system. He couldn't, he couldn't break out there. He came to the States and started fighting on undercards, you know, and, and, and had no promoter when, when he got hooked up with, with Agus Klimas, his manager, and, you know, was just getting on, was just going out there and fighting until they managed to talk main events into signing him and, and he, be, he started to become something. Uh, and so he, and, and, you know, he spent some time basically as Gennady Golovkin's sparring partner and felt like Abel Sanchez wasn't, it wasn't giving him the amount of attention he deserved when he trained up there yeah. at the summit. And shout so out Col to, Col shout out to our old podcast, the ropes on Grantland where we got Abel. Did we get Abel Sanchez to tell us that story? Oh yeah. yeah. Tell he, us, he, tell he, us he, he had some questions about Sergey Kovalev's character and he sent him down the mountain. If you if you ask Abel now, I think I've heard different versions of that story from the Kovalev camp. But the thing is, um, he he basically I think you know has this story of being a self-made champion uh, now uh, and found a trainer who he worked well with in John David Jackson. But between the language barriers and and Kovalev's English, we've interviewed him at different points in our careers. He, it has improved. You can have a conversation with him, uh, but I don't know to how close they're really getting when they. It's not. I, I like whenever I hear Kovalev's having an actual conversation that he doesn't have to like isn't being forced to by his promoter. It's in Russian. It's not in English. Um, so he, I don't know how, how, how close you can really expect him to be. And, and with Kovalev, he's not, he also, I don't, I mean, John David Jackson likes to talk about his game plans for the fights. I mean, what's the game plan? Sergey Kovalev is going to come out, use his jab, and try and land punches until he knocks someone out, stops them. Or he just dominates like he did against B-Hop. Um, he, you know, I, he... I think I think Kovalev comes up with his own game plan and fights his own style in the ring. Uh, and if he gets in shape and he's, you know, well-trained, then that's what you're looking for from his trainer. Rafe, I have a piece on CBSSports.com this week saying essentially that Kovalev has more pressure heading into the rematch for all the reasons I laid out just a few minutes ago about... 
having to prove that the that let's say look he has this aura invincibility as arguably the most balanced and dangerous fighter pound for pound in the world that aura of invincibility gets flipped upside down but because of the bad scorecard in the first fight, there's a bit of a built-in mulligan there. He has one chance to repair that. He's the one who triggered the contractual obligated rematch in the, in the contract. So I'm pretty secure in saying Kovalev's the guy who's got to answer a lot of questions. He can't let this go to the scorecards if he doesn't you know, have to. He's got to be more aggressive, all that. Who has more pressure entering the rematch in your eyes? Um... I don't think that I don't I, I don't quite I don't know I, I'm gonna think about my answer to that question but like just the idea that Kovalev has all this pressure uh, to 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 knock out Ward I mean we know that is unlikely to happen even if Kovalev wins clearly that is still unlikely to happen because it who not Andre Ward has never been knocked out he's been down twice Kovalev did do that to him once but he is a great he, he is a, he's a great boxer and he is a very good defensive boxer he knows how not to get hurt how not to get hit cleanly um even if Kovalev goes out and fights great fights his best fight he could win and still might not you know get the knockout i don't think he and and i mean that's sort of like saying that oh you know Pacquiao has to knock out Mayweather for this to for this for for that for 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 that fight to have uh, gone well for him. Well, no, I mean if he had fought well or decent, that, that fight <laughs> might have been better for him. Um, you know, they they these are guys. They, the reason we love this matchup is because it's a close matchup, and there's one guy who is one of the best defensive fighters in the sport in Andre Ward. So the idea that well, I didn't mean he had to, to knock. Prove it. I didn't mean he had to knock him out. I'm just saying that adds to the pressure, the idea of let me not let this get to this. And he's putting the pressure on himself, right? I mean, Kovalev is talking a little bit. I, I think he's pushing that narrative a little bit too far on his own, saying, I want to end his career. Like, he will never box again. Like, you know, and, you know, look, if that's the mental uh, kind of headspace he needs to get in to, to have the aggression to press for 12 rounds and not sort of gas out or not, you know, not have that second half drop off or, you know, and really give himself a chance to win uh, knockout or no knockout, then, then that's fine. But the idea that you're, you're going into a fight saying, I'm not going to be satisfied unless I knock out Andre Ward. Well, then I would say the chances are like 95%. You're going to be unsatisfied by the end of the night. Well, win we'll, or lose. We'll see when we get to the predictions. One final thing and one final plug for myself is another piece I have is, the improbability, if you look at the start of Andre Ward's career, that by this point he's regularly cast as a villain. You know, if there's if there's good versus evil and how they pitched and pr promote these fights in boxing, if you can borrow from from the pro wrestling side of that, you know, Ward has been a heel in recent years. You know, and there, there's reasons for it. There's a there's a level of arrogance there in in an, a closed nature that he has with the media, where I'd say the 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 combination of media and hardcore fans, especially on social media, they don't look at this guy as a conquering American hero, a, a clean-cut family man, former gold medalist, last American male to win a gold medalist. He's generally looked at as a villain, and it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Now, he's rolled with the punches. He's accepted that. He's learned how to use that as fuel, which is what I got into with him uh, on my piece this week. Is it justified in your eyes, Rafe? You know, I'm a little bit more of a Ward fan. I'm a respecter of what he does in, in, in the ring. I thought he won the first fight. Maybe there's people that are going to read that and go, oh, you're, you're a Ward guy. Well, you know, I, I respect what he does as a fighter. From your point of view, is is he a villain in your eyes? Is that a, a is that a the, the vibe you get when you sort of look at it on the landscape? Uh, you know, it always depends on the fight, right? I mean, in this one, it really is hard to pick a, uh, a hero in this. I mean, Kovalev, uh, we've already talked about, you know, is not... 
uh, have the, the, the kindest uh, background either in terms of some of his, you know, his, you know, his, the, the, the problems he's had with race and being oh, accused yeah. of, ra- of being a racist. So uh, that is probably a greater sin in my eyes than. Uh, well, let than, me let me than, stop you there. They don't hold it not against getting along him. with the media. No one holds yeah. that against him as well, you know, not to be Ward's advocate here, but I- I'm going to be honest and say nobody holds that against Kovalev at the level they hold against Ward. Some of the more minor things like, you know, holding his prime hostage to take Dan Goosen to court multiple times and coming back against soft opponents. Yes, those are things that build the ire against people, but it feels like people are more willing to be angry at that or angry at Ward not opening up in an interview than Kovalev being essentially accidentally outright racist, right? Yeah, well, th- and that's that's one of the crazy things about boxing is I think actually when the 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 thing that fans forgive least is is inactivity is not getting is not being in the ring. I mean that th- that whole period when Andre Ward was in the promotional dispute with you know his former producer, uh, you know Dan Goosen and and uh, you know rest in peace. Uh, all of that. That period is when I've, it really seemed like the narrative turned against Ward because you know, if you remember going back to when he won the Super Six and then came out of that and beat uh, and beat Chad Dawson, I mean that was you know that that was when people started to get behind him and you started to think like wow this guy's oh the last American gold medalist, uh, great fighter, really starting to come on, you know really starting to come on in terms of uh, notoriety and the respect he gets in the sport. Probably the best fighter in the world, not named Floyd Mayweather. Some people, are, are the, our, our good friend Eric Raskin over the HBO podcast, uh, already was calling Ward his his top pound-for-pound fighter while Floyd was still active. And then that all went downhill once Ward stopped fighting. And then we'd get him, you know, every 18 months against Edwin Rodriguez, Alexander Brand, all these guys that you just, these fights no one wanted to see. Um, and it really, it, it kind of snowballed from there. Uh, and, and he hasn't done himself, you know, he hasn't really gone on a, uh, on a goodwill tour to, to, to win people back into his corner. He's just kind of done what he does, which is say, nah, I didn't do anything wrong. And this is how I choose to run my career. So deal with it. And, you know, I respect that he is. And, and I, and I respect him as a fighter. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. There is no good guy. There's no bad. I, this is, this is, this is just a boxing matchup, which is kind of cool, but probably not great for the pay-per-view uh, receipts that, that HBO can get on, on Saturday night. But that's what I think is neat about it. Just, you know, two guys who aren't necessarily likable to this or that or anybody, you know, everybody or some people, but forget it, man. They're both great fighters and they already fought one great fight maybe not exciting but great like you know momentum swings some chess match stuff a knockdown different kinds of action and they're going to do it again and they're i think they're both going to look a little bit different and we get to watch how that plays out that's all that matters yeah and then the first fight it, it was dramatic it, it was sort of edge of the seat the whole way you know into that into the scorecards into the finish and all of that now let's move forward to that second fight to the rematch we know what's at stake it's the trio of light heavyweight world titles that ward captured by defeating kovalev it's probably the number one pound for pound, you know, a spot on the list in the top 10. If somebody wins convincingly, that's certainly at stake. Ward's unbeaten record. I mentioned sort of Kovalev regaining that aura of invincibility all at stake here. 
Before we get into sort of the predictions, how each guy wins, let's see what role the referee and judges will play. It's been announced that veteran referee Tony Weeks will be working this fight, along with a strong trio of judges, Glenn Feldman, Dave Moretti, Steve Weisfeld of, of HBO fame from back in the day. Just for reference point, both Moretti and Feldman did Frampton Santa Cruz 2 in January. Both had it 115-113 for Leo, who, who ended up winning that fight. Uh, Feldman also lives down the road from me. Good guy, so I'll give him a shout-out on here. The real story, I think, here is Tony Weeks, though, Rafe. And we've seen this guy, you know, seen him in Corrales, Castillo 1. You know, he's going to go down as a legend. Got probably the, the, the best hair part in the game right now, you know, over, over time if you look at him. But he's a liberal referee. You have to look no further than the two Maidana Mayweather fights. The first one, Tony Weeks refed. Maidana got away with roughing up Floyd inside with doing the dirty helicopter punches with just being a maniac. In the rematch, you get Kenny Bayless, much more conservative, broke them at the point of content contact. I think when you look at how Weeks will affect Ward Kovalev too, you have to say, great news for Andre Ward. And we may be hearing some more excuses from Sergey after the fight because Weeks let you, lets you go at it. One thing Kovalev does not do, Rafe, he does not fight well on the inside. He's long, he's lean, he hits you from the outside. Ward can fight sneaky on the inside. He's not afraid to clinch you up Vladimir Klitschko style after one punch and hold you. Yeah, this is a word. This is a word victory, right? In terms of, you know, getting a referee that fits your style. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, I think, and I, and I don't mean that to say in any bad way about Tony Weeks, who I think has been one of the more consistent, really strong referees in, in Las Vegas and in the sport in recent years, you know, doesn't get into the catchphrases and the sort of, you know, believing in his own <laughs> myth that, that we see as some of the, you know, sometimes refs, they, they start to, they realize, oh, I'm this guy, I'm known for this, you know. Or the volleyball chairs, to, right? The volleyball chairs what? on top. He yeah. get to that either. Um, but he's uh, so 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 I, I think he's a good referee. But yeah, it's chances are he's going to let Ward work on the inside, which is, uh, you know what? I mean, I, I as someone who thought that Ward held too much in that first fight, uh, it, this may sound crazy. But if if Kovalev is going to beat him, I, I, I think, you know, I, I would like to see Kovalev defeat. Ward fighting Ward's fight, you know, maybe not, you know, don't, don't, I'm not saying let Ward be dirty, but Ward usually isn't that dirty. He's just tricky. He's in, he'll, he like, he'll hold, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll use his smarts and the rules to, to, to do what he can do and to slow down his opponent. And, you know, if Kovalev, you know, I think Kovalev can beat that version of Ward with the ref that way. Uh, let's see him go out there and do it. And if he doesn't, then, you know, he's gonna, he has to live with it. Um, you know, I mean, but one referee note, Brian, you know the guy who we need. I know it's it's impossible because he's not crossing state lines. <laughs> but the one and only, Mr. Regulator, Jack Reese. Who, oh, you wow. Know, Jack talk get about off a guy my who lawn. knows how to, how to stop Andre Ward's shenanigans in the ring. You will know two points off the bat. You may remember him speech. from his work in Ward Edwin Rodriguez, where he where Edwin's only chance was to brawl and be dirty, and Uncle Jack put the smackdown on that right off the start. He basically home aloneed him and said, Edwin, you're such a disease. I'll take all your points away <laughs> right now if you do that again. Un unbelievable work there from Jack Reese. Rafe, before we slide into these predictions, I'm going to hit you with how does Kovalev win? Well, Rafe, I think Kovalev wins by doing what he didn't do, which is be more aggressive for 12 rounds, right? I mean, he showed against Bernard Hopkins that he can be patient, that he can mix things up in box and punch. But I don't think he can play chess with Ward. So how does Kovalev win? He's got to leave no doubt. 
He's got to be much more aggressive in the first four to five rounds. He was aggressive in the first fight in the first, let's say, one, two, maybe three. Then he sort of slowed down. He got tired. There were adjustments. I think he's got to be a little bit more reckless and bold throughout to have a chance to win. And that jab, no matter what Ward is doing to try to take it away, that jab needs to be there. Rafe, how does Andre Ward win the rematch? Well, this is this is the interesting thing because Andre Ward, we we've seen in the past, and we know that you know as a is a little more of a chameleon as a fighter, right? He can he can do it. He can win in a lot of different ways. He can figure out new ways, maybe to to, to shut down Kovalev. Um, so it, it I it's hard to to see to, to to guess exactly what Ward is going to do. When I think you're right on point about what Kovalev needs to do, which is just go in there do you know do more of the same and harder, and don't stop doing it. Um, but um. <laughs> But uh, Ward, I mean, the the one thing I think that, and you mentioned this, he he wants to get inside, right? I mean, take away take away that distance, take away uh, take away Kovalev's ability to land those long, damaging punches, whether it's the jab, which which sets it up, or those right hands that come over the top of it, and um, and you know, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna, I, I, I Ward. I don't know. It may be, you know, that he's he'll he'll punch and then kind of lean and then fall in, trying to try and smother it, like smother anything coming back at him. Um, I, you know, that's the that's the sort of beauty of watching an Andre Ward fight is you don't know exactly how he's going to get from point A to point B in the fight, but he but and watching him figure out that that equation is uh is is part of basically the joy of watching him operate absolutely uh, the the one the one obvious uh possibility is that he just does what he did the second half of the first fight right i mean he'll, he'll clinch he'll get inside he'll work the body and he'll and he'll make it so kovalev can't really get going um now it's up to kovalev to stop him from doing that and if kovalev does start you know start doing some good work what's ward's next uh ad- next you know uh adaptation after that Good point. Good point all along. This is the perfect segue to our predictions. And you know our new segment that we love. It's called What Does It Look Like? When you match up a fantasy fight, a fight we want to see, an all-timer against the guy from 50 years ago, How would it? what would it look like? Number one, Ward Kovalev. Two, what does it look like? Rafe, for me, here's what it looks like. And you mentioned it looks a lot like the first fight, second half. After Ward gets through the storm, because I think Kovalev will be aggressive. I think Ward will get hit early. I think Ward will sort of lose a couple rounds early in order to make that adjustment because Ward is Mayweather-like. And when you're fighting against Mayweather, you have a window to surprise him. And then he makes that adjustment. He puts it on lockdown and it's up to you to do things that you don't normally do to try to mix things up and get around him. I think the fact that Ward has been through 12 rounds, has been knocked down, has taken some good right hands, he's confident. He knows what it's going to take. He's not going to buckle at the first shot. I think after some hairiness early on, Ward's going to win by unanimous decision. It's going to be a close fight, but there's going to be enough of a cushion there where 80% of the people watching are going to go, yep, that was Ward. He did what he had to do. He was defensive. He held at times. He did whatever he pretty much had to do. He was a smarter fighter. He won this, no doubt. He's your pound-for-pound king. Rafe, what does this fight look like? Um... I think that that's how Ward would like it to look. I think that look, if if Sergey Kovalev lets Andre Ward fight 12 rounds like he fought the last 6 rounds of their first fight, then Andre Ward wins this fight. I mean, that that that's not really rocket scientist or a bold, you know, bold analysis there. But if 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 Kovalev does not do something to prevent Ward from just, you know, basically saying I figured you out already, uh, and and this is how it's gonna be. 
then Kovalev loses his fight. I do think that whether, you know, Kovalev had overtrained last time or just ran out of gas or let or, or Ward's body work slowed him down, whatever whatever slowed Kovalev down in the second half of that last fight, he, he knows that the way to to stay in control of this fight or to seize control and stay in control is to keep working, is to not get lulled into that, you know, that that chess match with Andre Ward where he is going to basically outthink him. Um, and I know this is easier said than done because this is, goes back to like everybody who ever fought Floyd Mayweather saying, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be active and I'm never going to hit him everywhere. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm never going to stop throwing all that stuff. And then you get in there and they can't figure out, you know, which way is up and down. Um, now Kovalev is, a, you know, is basically, I mean, I thought they are, they, they proved that even though they fight different styles, they're basically, these, these two fighters are close to equals in the ring. Uh, at this weight. Um, so I don't think that he's going to look like a fool in this fight. I think that, he, look, I think that he's going to be active. I think that he, if, if number one on this, on and his game plan is just to keep jabbing. You said it already. Jab, use his jab as much as possible as a way to keep distance, as a way to just, you know, win, try to, try to fool, not, not fool, but try to make sure that the judges know who is the more act, who is outworking the other in this fight. Uh, and and also as a chance to set up the, the punches that will actually have a chance of damaging, hurting, and and perhaps knocking out Andre Ward. Uh, you know, keep that jab going, uh, and and don't be afraid to follow it up with with uh, with his power punches with that right hand, even if it's not a perfect opportunity. You know, the more that he is working against Ward and making Ward, uh, you know, concentrate on not being hurt by him. The, the less Ward is going to be able to do to win those rounds back in, in, in his favor. And I think I'm I think that he's going to do it semi convincingly. I think it'll last. Uh, I, 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 I think it'll, there'll be a lot of close rounds. I think that Ward may come on strong again towards the end. Uh, I think that we're just going to get a makeup decision this time. <laughs> um, I think that it will be a sim. It will be a close fight. It may, I, I don't even know. I I'm, I wouldn't even predict a, pre predict a knockdown. I mean, I think that knocking that you you just don't go in expecting to knock down Andre Ward or even hurt him. Um, it may come. It could come, but I, you you don't expect that. Um, but uh, Kovalev is going to work enough to make it a close fight. He knows that's what he needs to do. And we're going to get that weird sort of like, well, maybe maybe Ward won this one, even you know, maybe Ward legitimately won this one in more people's eyes, but the judges <laughs> give it to Kovalev and set up the rubber match. Well, we, there is no rematch clause for a third fight, but if that scenario played out, we know we'd see one. It'd be interesting to get three sort of tactical test matches out of these guys under your scenario. Would be very interesting. We're going to have a lot more of what does this look like each week, so send them into us. Hit me up. Hit slide in our DMs like we talked to you about. Hit me up at B Campbell CBS at Rafe Bugs. Your predictions are, as we said, at Ward by unanimous decision for me. Rafe, you liked Kovalev, Kovalev by uh, Kovalev by some sort of split or majority decision by for me. some wacky decision from there. Yeah, the fight will be a good one. We'll be back, of course, next week to talk about it. Be sure to get out there and rate, review, subscribe. Be sure to hear our WWE products later in this week with the guys, with Nick Costos, with Adam Silverstein. we got some good guests later in the week with WWE. And, Rafe, we're just building the foundation here for the In This Corner Boxeo version. A lot of big names, a lot of big things to come on the horizon. Thanks so much for being part. You got any message for the listeners as we take this out? I believe it's just we out. We out.